Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Dr. Rita Track, who will talk about how you are able to achieve success with a beautiful smile. Rita is an accomplished aesthetic dentist of high calibre, obtaining her PhD and master's in dentistry from La Trobe University. She practices aesthetic dentistry with a special interest in facial aesthetics and minimally invasive dentistry. Rita is the, fa- Rita is the founder of Dental and Skin Clinic, an integrative cosmetic dental and skin regenerative clinic that has gained gained national attention from the world number one brand L'Oreal. Rita is known as the queen of Venice smile makeover. And when she is not in her clinic, she's either baking or doing Pilates. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Rita. Thank you. It's so nice to have to, you know, talk to you, <laughs> to, meet, <laughs> to meet you online over Zoom. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. And I absolutely love today's topic because it's all about the smile. We so underestimate what a smile does and how it can help you with your business, with your health. But before we get into such an amazing topic, I wanted to find out your journey. What has led you to where you are today? What have been your key turning points? Oh, God. Well, it's such a complex question, but in a nutshell, I've always wanted to be a cosmetic dentist um, ever since I was 12 years old. Um, I suppose it was just a natural calling. I'm not really sure. It was just a craving that just never went away. Um, and now, now I'm just turning it into a, into a business. Um, I had a child in the last year and a half and I suppose that was a really big turning point uh, because it just made me think what type of work I want to go back to. Um, I've always loved the place that I worked at, but I always thought there needed to be some sort of change in the dental experience. So I've just been given this opportunity to do something. And so I just made the most of the time that I had off uh, being on mat leave and thought, you know what, it's time. It's time to change up the industry. Such a go-getter. Usually people on mat leave, you know, they're just fatigued, tired, running around, doing such things, and here you are opening a business on maternity leave. Yeah, no, I, I really missed my patients and I missed being at work. I mean, it's just I'm so hungry for it and, you know, it's just something that I feel just completes me. Yeah. And I just, you know, even being on mat leave, I was doing online lectures and still keeping up with everything, studying skincare. It's just always, always something that I just want to learn. I'm just a study junkie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like when you love something, there's not much, enough information to retain, isn't it? It's just kind of like book after book, lecture after lecture. It's like always yeah. information. Yeah. So and it's said- like you don't, yeah. No, no, go on, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, you don't know what you don't know, yeah. you know, and that's just, it's always been my philosophy. So if you think that you've, you know, nailed something, it's, you probably haven't. You're just too ignorant to know that. <laughs> I love so that. So I'm always, I'm always finding, you know, like, for example, I love porcelain veneers, but I'm still reading up on it all the time. You know, if there's, if there's one small thing I can pick up from a three hour lecture, that was worth my time. And that's yeah. just, I've always been like that. And at the end of the day, the service and the product that we want to get from people is we want to get it from people like yourself that are in love with what they do, that research it, that have that information, yeah. that knowledge and want to pass it on, not just go day by day and it's just a job. That's when you absolutely know that you love what you do. Absolutely. And just being in the medical space, um, you just, you need to be constantly bettering yourself and you need to know what's the latest, what's the best. Because if you're stuck with your degree that you got 15 years ago and still doing the same techniques, that's outdated. You know, that's just, you. it's, it's almost like every couple of months you need to know what's the latest, what's the best, because chances are something has changed. Yeah, because we're so, everything's changing. So like our body is still the same, but things around that, the way we can do things change dramatically on like yeah. really fast. So like you said, if you got your degree 15 years ago, things are different now. You need to stay yeah. in touch with that. That's amazing. So what yeah. you said you wanted to be a dentist since you were 12. 
12. Did something yeah. happen when you were 12 and you met a dentist that was amazing or what happened? <laughs> Where did you come from? You know, I've always had a really good relationship with my childhood dentist. Um, which is really rare. <laughs> which is really rare. But I think because my parents, they grew up in Russia, they didn't have fluoride in their water. Um, they didn't really have the knowledge about the, the connection between diet and dental health and oral health. So I think when they moved to Australia, I was... I was only two and they really saw it as a high priority to make sure I had a good relationship with, with dentistry. So I think pretty much since I was two, I've been going to the dentist every six months. And, um, and my parents had quite a lot of dental work done. And so I would always come with them to their dental appointments and just sit in the waiting room and, and draw pictures and give it to the dentist at the end of the appointment. And, um, and actually um, that dentist, even though she's retired since since then, um, you know, she came to my wedding a couple of years ago and actually um, brought like a blew up um, drawing and framed it from when I was four years old or something. It was That's just crazy. so beautiful. Yeah. So I think it just started from there. And then um, when I went to uni, um, I just really, that's when I really saw the impact specifically on cosmetic dentistry. Um, my first patient that I actually did like a smile makeover for, um, she had like a history, I suppose, of an abusive partner and um, it caused her front teeth to shift a little bit. Not a little bit, quite a lot. Um, and so when she first came to me, um, I suppose she just asked whether there was something I could do. Now, being at uni and being in the public dental hospital, we weren't really allowed to do cosmetic work. Um, and so I really had to fight tooth and nail to be allowed to do some sort of cosmetic work for her. And I think I must have gone through six different uh, dental teachers um, till I was finally given the okay. And that was such an emotional experience because it meant for her she didn't have to look at herself in the mirror and be reminded of her um, ex-partner. And so that sort of was, again, that validation, like, okay, you know, I'm really making a difference here. And, um, and I was one of the, I think I was actually the only um, student to be allowed to do cosmetic work since that moment. Wow. Um, which was, again, validation that I was onto something. And um, it's just stemmed from there. And then every, to be honest, every smile makeover that I do, um, I see that person from start to finish. I see their confidence from start to finish and lots of my patients, you know, follow me on Instagram and so, and I follow them back. So I get to see them on that full journey, you know, where you've got someone starting out with just speaking quietly, speaking timidly, you know, covering their mouth when they talk and then just seeing that like blossoming. They're just a completely different person. And then six months down the track, they got a, promotion or they've got a girlfriend or you know it's like and then it's just honestly every time it's just that validation like it just gives me that hunger you know like okay who else can I can I fix or who yeah, else can next, I, next. Who else can I help? <laughs> yeah but I think I think if you don't feel that as a cosmetic dentist if you don't feel that empathy if you don't feel that compassion um it's so much more than than um, cosmetics it's mm. you know you have to have that psychological component too that is like otherwise you know what's the point you know yeah I love how doing- I love how your your people that are listening now are like are we talking to a dentist <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like um yeah. dentist because no offense like my not just mine a lot of individuals view and dentist is kind of like yep just get the job done get in your teeth and just do it do you know what i mean there's not that empathy and there's not that journey that goes with it from what you said is there's that journey that goes with it it's like okay i meet them at this stage and then they leave at this stage and they're a better person you know what i mean so i I absolutely love that and I, i can feel your passion and your fire through it so there definitely have been some key turning points in your life to lead you to that and and it's good that you're there because so many individuals are going to benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we haven't even spoken about the technicalities, you know, of what <laughs> makes people smile, but you can see that half of what I do is really like understanding someone's motivation. 
you know, understanding why they want to get things done because mm. that means I can help them a lot better, mm. you know. And then, mm. of course, we talk about, what you know, what they like, what they don't like, but it's just half of that is really listening, giving that person the space to talk and listen. Mm, mm. I love and that's, that. You know, and I think, I suppose with dentists, the intention is there. And I was actually thinking, thinking about it leading up to our podcast. I think dentists definitely have the intention to help. Um, it's just, I suppose with me starting my business, I have, I'm giving myself permission to give my patients time. Working for someone else, you need to fight to to make sure you've got enough time to spend with that patient. Now, luckily, you know, I've only had good experiences with the places that I worked at, but um, I think, you know, I understand that dentists may not necessarily have the time or see value in the time, but dentistry wasn't what it was 10, 15 years ago, where as soon as the dentist would make a recommendation, the patient would agree. Um, Nowadays, you know, we've got Google. It's so easy to seek different opinions it just with just with typing so i think nowadays it's not enough just to say to someone i recommend this you've got to really validate why you're recommending it you know why this is better than that and mm. you've got to really have a proper conversation about the options and let the patient decide what they feel is best for them Mm-hmm. I love that. I love client-centered and patient-centered. I love that. But before, I know we're going to get into the topic and I know you're excited <laughs> yeah. and we're going to talk so much about it. But before we jump into that, I wanted to find out what does success look like for Rita? Uh, I mean, you know, success changes throughout the years, but at the moment, you know, you're starting your own business, having your child. What does success look like for you? I think for most people, success is making money. Let's just put that out there. But I think that's a very superficial answer. I think behind that is having the financial freedom, I suppose, to constantly better yourself and I suppose give yourself the space to think about what you want next. I know it's a bit vague, but um, I suppose for me having the time off to, to actually think about what type of business model I want and what type of experience I can give to someone um success for me is freedom and i suppose i suppose financial freedom is one aspect but it's also giving yourself the time to just step back and think not rushing into doing something just because it's let's say bringing you money but actually thinking about is this something that i'm enjoying is it something that i'm loving um and just really having a clear idea of of the direction that you want to go to. Yeah, so, it's having that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think I mean, that's a great answer. I think that's an absolute great answer. Thanks. And like you said, a lot of individuals think that, you know, it may success may be a bit of money and things like that. But having that freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, you know, a freedom of choice, yeah. all of that yeah. for you is yeah. success. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. So let's get into today's topic where we're going to talk all about smiles, veneers, dentistry. So what I wanted to find out first is before we get into it, is what, so what is, um, what is cosmetic dentistry? That's what I want to find out first. And then you can go into what makes a beautiful smile, but yeah. So what is cosmetic dentistry? Cause you didn't mention it at the start. So for individuals who are listening, are like, what's the difference between normal dentistry and cosmetic dentistry? Uh, so cosmetic dentistry is anything that improves the way your smile looks. Um, so most commonly people are familiar with teeth whitening, um, but it can also be dental veneers like porcelain veneers, composite, or it could be orthodontics like uh, braces or Invisalign, anything to do with changing the way your smile looks. And it can be anything from one tooth to 20 teeth. <laughs> Okay, beautiful, beautiful. And so what makes a beautiful smile? I know we've spoken about your, you know, the smile queen, the whole makeover. <laughs> what actually contributes and makes a beautiful smile? So on a, on a um, physical level, I suppose, a beautiful smile, to me anyway, is something 
is a smile that looks attractive, but it suits the face that it sits in. Um, so for me, my pet peeve, I suppose, is a smile that um, looks fake. Now, what do I mean by that? If someone's going down that road of cosmetic dentistry um, and they, they're looking at veneers, it's very easy for veneers to look fake and fake meaning it doesn't suit the face. So it might look like a beautiful smile if you zoom in on it, but if you zoom out and the person's smiling, it just looks out of place. Yeah. So for me, a beautiful smile isn't just one that looks nice when it's zoomed in on an image. It's one that looks beautiful in the context of someone's facial features. Yeah, I never even thought about that. I just thought everyone, if you go, you know, get veneers or anything like that, everyone just get similar or the same. But I never thought about it actually suiting the face and the features and all that. So there's a lot of detail that goes in there. Yeah, it's a lot of detail. Um, I suppose when every time I do a smile makeover, I always look from the outside and I work in. Um, it's not the case. Every dentist has their own technique of doing it. But I suppose we all know one person that's had veneers done where you can tell that they've had veneers and um, they might have a beautiful smile and get lots of compliments and get told, Oh, you're, you know, you've got such a beautiful smile. Who did it? For me, that's the biggest insult, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So um, (laughs) I suppose with my smile makeovers, every goal is that people won't notice because, mm-hmm. you know, so people might be like, oh, did you get a haircut? Did you get a tan? Did you lose weight? Um, I've never had someone say, gee, those veneers look great. Who did that? So, um, so going back to, I suppose, you know, making sure that every smile is tailored to someone's face, you know, you're looking at their bone structure, their jawline, their lips, their cheeks, their nose, you know, and, and then you're sort of looking at every, every side of a face has a strong side and a weak side. We don't have perfectly symmetrical faces. So you need to incorporate the big details to make sure that the smile fits in those parameters. But then you've got to zoom in and then look at things like colour and size and shape and texture and gum, you know, if someone is showing a lot of gum or not, mm. and their bite. And so those are more zoomed in. And that, for me, in a way, is a lot easier. Um, I feel like most cosmetic dentists are really good at um, the zoomed in part. It's the zoomed out part that's really hard. That's already, I suppose, not your typical cosmetic dentist type of scenario. Um, I find it's it's not something that really is really talked about in my industry. Um, And so I suppose that's where I've got that big point of difference. And I think that's why I'm able to really make someone smile look natural. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, But then, then, you know, I can talk, honestly, I can talk for days about what makes (laughs) a smile look natural and what makes a smile beautiful. Yeah. Um, But it's just, you know, there's definitely an art and a science behind it and a yeah. lot of studying and training behind it. Sounds like it. So if someone was going to come to you, right, and they clearly wanted a smile makeover, what does that process look like from start to finish in, in short? Like what does that actually look like? So a typical, I suppose, a typical scenario is um, they come to see me and we have a really long chat you know, it just starts with talking, similar how you and I are doing. Um, and I really delve into, I suppose, someone's psyche um, and motivation because that sort of sets the scene for me. Um, and then following that, I typically will do like a sketch of a smile design. So I'll take um, a bunch of uh, dental records, x-rays, photographs, and then I'll sketch it up on my iPad put it up on the screen where you've got a side by side of what we're starting with and then what we're heading towards. And then once that's the, you know, once the patient gives me the green light, the next step is to do what's called a um, essential dental clean. So starting off with a fresh, clean foundation. Um, 
And then the next time they see me, I'll have something called the trial smile where it's temporary veneers where they wear for about two weeks. Um, and that's, that's a really nice way for them to, I suppose, see the color shape and really like give me uh, constructive feedback about what they love. Um, and that's pretty much like the blueprint. So yeah, I love that trial period. Cause I don't know if any, yeah. all people offer it because um, yeah, that trial period is key, isn't it? Because yeah. if you go get veneers, you can't really go back. Can you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any type of veneer you get, whether it's porcelain veneers or composite or dent, you know, dental bonding is another thing that people um, are familiar with. No matter what cosmetic treatment you get done, it's irreversible. It's permanent. It's designed to last, you know, as long as possible. Um, and so, and it's, it's serious work. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your face. And it's the first thing that people notice. The second thing is actually your skin. So <laughs> You've got both covered. <laughs> so I've got both covered. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an important uh, process. And pretty much that trial smile is 90% of what the porcelain veneers will look like. So um, that's brilliant. I love that idea. I absolutely love yeah. that idea. The only difference really is just the material. It's not porcelain. It's a resin, sort of like a plastic. Um, so it's designed to last for about two or three weeks and um, it needs to be easily, easily removed. Um, and so the patient will come back after a couple of days of having their temporary veneers um, and then I'll bring them back for a feedback appointment. And so if I need to do any changes, I do it on the day and then about two weeks later, they come and they have their permanent porcelain veneers fitted in. So that is essentially the process. And then I'll usually get them to come back for one more appointment just to do some fine tuning. Um, and then after that, it's really just getting them to come back every three to four months just to come back for something called the duo clean. Or if they want to, they can just get the essential dental clean. But it's really just um, looking after your 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 face, your skin, your mouth, it's nothing um, in terms of the cosmetic treatment that's already done. We just want to make sure that they're coming, they're getting looked after. Yeah. So what, so some people might be like, what are veneers? What, what is a veneer? <laughs> Let's go back yeah. to basics. What are veneers? Yeah. You can't assume. I never assume that someone knows anything. <laughs> um, you know what I mean, right? Sounds yeah. good. Like, um, so, Veneer is, it's all, okay, if you picture your fingernail was shaped like a tooth and it just gets cemented onto your natural tooth. So it's like a super thin shell that is designed to look like a tooth um, and it gets fitted onto your natural tooth, but that shell is an improved version of your tooth. And quite often I'll do multiple teeth, so multiple veneers. And then that's how we're able to change the way your smile looks. So you can only, you can get just one. You don't have to get your whole, all your teeth yeah. done. There you go. Yeah. It, and it just depends. Look, for me, I suppose my signature treatment is the ultimate smile makeover or the complete smile makeover, which is 10 porcelain veneers. And um, the reason why this is always my preference is because I'm looking at the face. I'm using your facial features to design the smile makeover, which is a completely different way of thinking if you're just coming in to get one tooth um, because then I have to use your natural teeth as the inspiration for my design, which is no problem. Happy to do that. But it's just, it's a, diff it's a completely different outcome. It's not going to be that wow moment where you're like, you know, <laughs> Like I've completely transformed the way I see myself. So um, it's, it, but it's a completely different, it's a completely different way of thinking. Mm. But yes, of course, you know, if you've got that one tooth and, the, and you're happy with the way the rest of your smile is or the two teeth, of course, like I'm your, your girl for that. But <laughs> I will, but I, but it, again, it, that, that first conversation is really important. I need to establish what's your motivation for coming. I don't want to try to, you know, sell you 10 porcelain veneers if you're coming in for one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. not my intention. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for explaining what veneers are. It's absolutely brief. Thanks I've for seen, asking. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those um, TV shows where they do major makeovers and yeah. most of the time the major makeovers, the biggest thing are the person's teeth and their smile. Yeah. It just changes absolutely everything. Yeah, they've got cool clothes yeah. on. They've probably lost a bit of weight, got a haircut and stuff like that. But when they're smiling, you have that thing. It's like, wow, this person just has this glowing confidence, just this whole new aura around them. And I think um, we underestimate that. I think we underestimate the smile. Yeah. Look, I actually don't think we underestimate the smile. See, you've got a beautiful yeah. smile. Thank but you. Most, <laughs> most people who I see they've been struggling their whole life. Okay. Um, you know, the ones that I think underestimate the power of their smile is, a, is apart from people that already have a beautiful smile, um, is actually the type of person that will invest in their hair and skin but neglect their smile, which is like odd, right? So this is like, I suppose, a different... This is So we've got the people that really understand the power of the smile who unfortunately suffer, you know, who cover their mouth, who, you know, avoid posing in photos. Um, the people that really, um, I suppose their confidence gets really mm. affected. You've got the people who already have beautiful smiles. So that's like, you know, I suppose something we might take for granted, but then we have the people who um, usually are a bit older who, you know, will spend quite a bit on their hair, their nails, their skin, they'll get facials, but they might not necessarily have, like, young-looking smile. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you say it like that. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't really, I suppose, see, for example, a smile makeover as being an anti-aging treatment. But can I just say it is <laughs> the, it is the biggest anti-aging treatment and probably one that will give you the best value for money because it's permanent. You know, it's not like um, getting fillers and Botox every, you know, six months, um, which will, which still sometimes I find distorts the way the face looks. Um, and it's not a facelift, which most people don't want that surgery. And to be honest, I've never seen a good, a good facelift. So, you know, that sort of category of people I come across quite a lot. Yeah. Um, where I just think, you know, hey, if you had like a beautiful looking, natural looking, younger looking smile, you probably will find that you won't necessarily want to invest so much in fillers or so much upkeep. You know, it's like that center point that's missing mm -hmm. that I feel mm -hmm. takes away from all the other work that they're doing. So for me, in my mind, there's three categories of people. I see. I see. No, that that's, <laughs> that's brilliant that you explained it like that. And I think, I think when you go somewhere, if you're in a business meeting or you're trying to get a client, I think something, and if those individuals, if you, if you have a job like that, if that's your business, yeah. you need to have a good smile. You need to have yeah. a, you know, that aura about you, that smile, yeah. because if you're just grumpy and you're trying to, you know, make a connection with someone, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. There's exactly. going to be a bit of a, uh, and we, I think I didn't, I think I didn't think about a smile and teeth as much as I have before this podcast. Yeah. I just thought, oh, yeah, like, no issues. Do you know what I mean? It's just a given yeah. that everyone should smile and everyone's got good teeth and things like that. But I think you've just put a whole new spin to it, and, that, and that's amazing. And I think the audience would really value that because they're going to look back now and be like, oh, what am I doing to, you know, better my teeth, better my smile? But yeah. what I also wanted to know your thoughts on is, is how is a person's smile linked to their success? Is it, um, is it linked to their success, do you think? Okay, so I've got to redefine now what success is because it's yeah. going to have a different definition to mine. So, okay, I have a lot of uh, patients that are coming in who are CEOs, who are business owners, or they're people who interact a lot with other people. Um, and it really just depends on where you are at your career. So what do I mean by that? If we're starting out somewhere on the bottom, and I'm just going to use clothing as an example because I feel like I'm just talking from my own personal experience. You know, you start to dress a certain way for a certain role, but then as we move up the corporate ladder, we think, oh, I can't, can't wear, you know, jeans anymore. I've got to wear a suit, you know, for example. So then you sort of dress as you sort of scale up, you sort of 
improve the way you dress, improve the way you look. Um, and I know that sounds really superficial, but um, we do get judged by the way we look and we definitely, our appearance definitely does make an impression. Um, so I think it just depends on where you are with your, with your career. You know, you might mentally not be ready for a smile makeover, but you might be thinking, oh, I feel like in a year or two, I'll be ready. You know, I'll be like, well, you know what I mean? It's so, and I'm not saying getting a smile makeover will get you that promotion. Um, you know, but that's why I think it just, you've got to, you've got to know when you're ready. And it is very much a psychological thing. And sometimes we don't necessarily treat ourselves to something like a smile makeover until we feel we deserve it, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I think that's just how, that's how we roll. <laughs> that's how we think as humans. Um, I feel like if we had a bit more self-compassion and gave ourselves a bit more permission, we'd probably realise we deserve it now. We don't have to wait until we get a promotion or, you know, until we achieve a certain level of success. Um, so that's where I think we've, we can really work on but in terms of um you know where a smile and success for me it's very much that confidence you know it's just you have the ability to be amazing at your job and I'm sure you already are and I'm talking about people listening um if you need just that little bit of boost of confidence to get you from a to b and that happens to be a smile makeover um that's great you know um, that for me is where really a smile can help you with success. It's that confidence. It's that bit of boost. That's where I see it. And again, it's not a superficial thing. It's not out of vanity. It's just something that you're doing for you because you feel that that's, that's something that you, you could really benefit from. And then of course, if you're happy, you smile more and people, it, it's contagious you know, and then of course the other great thing is if you feel good, then you make others around you feel good. And that's what will get you the business success. You know, people won't necessarily remember what you said to them, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And if that means because you smiled more and because you were happier coming to work, then that's, that's for me, the link of a smile and success in business. It's so true. It's not what people said. It's how they made you feel. Or when you leave that conversation, when you leave that meeting, when you leave that client, um, you leave and you're like, oh, that was, that made me feel good. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead with that, you know, and, and you can't explain that. And that is, and that's what I'm feeling is everything that you're doing. You're providing a journey for the individual to come to you um, experience a journey th from start to finish. And then you see that journey and you just go, yep, next, let's go. This is amazing. I love it. Yeah. And we haven't even covered the skin side of things. Yeah. Let's get into it. Talk to me about this. Talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the skin. Talk to me a little bit about skin before we go into the next question. Um, I mean, the, I mean, my business is called dental and skin clinic. And so I've literally just, combines the best of both worlds into one amazing experience. Um, but, I mean, that sounds a bit wishy-washy, doesn't it? But it's, it's pretty much combining cosmetic dentistry with skin rejuvenation. And, again, we're treating the face. We're not just honing in on the teeth. Um, and we're really making sure that your, I suppose your, your face is featured. And so the attention that we give and the care we give is really unique um, we're making sure that you've got a beautiful smile and healthy glowing skin. And that's sort of our mantra. Yeah. And, and that's, um, it's a different type of business that you're combining, combining dentistry with skin. And I love that because that will make people feel a lot more at ease because some people get a little bit anxious in regards to going to the dentist, the whole white yeah. feeling, the whole, you know, um, cleanliness, the whole professional type of thing. Some people get a bit, you know, intimidated by that, you know, the white coat and things like that. So going to a clinic where you know they're doing skincare and it's not all so white, you know, and, and getting that warm feeling from individuals, that that's just, that's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely, look, it's unique because unique, um, 100%. So I built, yeah, I built the clinic from the ground up. So it's a purpose-built clinic. Um, and one of the things that um, I suppose 
was on my brainstorming was thinking about how we can make the experience feel amazing that even the most anxious person who hates going to the dentist will not only love coming into the space but not want to leave so interior design played a really big role um you know made sure we had a beautiful feeling using lots of natural materials like stone and, and timber um, and beautiful colors as well. And then, you know, just thinking about smells, candles. Um, wow. It sounds really nice to go into. You know, sound, I can do, I'm just yeah. imagining it. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I, I'm coming yeah. in to get my teeth cleaned. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and it's also just things like, I mean, it's big things, but not using an injection, you know, using a device called the wand, which is a completely comfortable and pain-free experience for getting numbed. Um, and using that not just for our dental treatment, but for our skin treatment as well, you know, so you can get, for example, you know, uh, Botox or fillers or skin needling done and not feel any pain. Um, and then by the time you leave the clinic, the numbness is gone. So, um, you know, having that as an alternative to numbing gel, which you've got to wait half an hour to an hour, and then you're still feeling pain because it's such, it just works on the superficial surface of the skin. So being able to, I suppose, see what the skin industry does and then know you can do it a little bit better. I suppose, um, you know, we're not a dental clinic that does Botox, where we're not a dental clinic that does skincare as an afterthought. We have thought of every single skin treatment that we can offer um, that we can do one up. Um, and then same with the dental treatment, you know, not using an injection is one thing. Um, making sure the space is, is one that you want to stay in is another. But even just running on time, you know, yeah. because we, we respect people's schedule and we want to we want to make sure that people get their dental treatment and skin treatment done together. It's more efficient. You know, you're, you're getting treated by a medical practitioner. We've got sterilization protocols. It's literally the best of both industries. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what is this yeah. wand? What's the wand instead of the injection? It's just, I was just thinking of like really, a little magic wand and bam. <laughs> yeah, it literally, it literally looks like a magic wand. Um, it's non-threatening. Um, yeah. You know, even kids, it's it's like kids are just lying there, just relaxing. Um, I suppose the reason why I thought it was investing in this device mm. was because it's something that I would want for myself. That's really like every time I thought about what type of technologies I want to invest into the practice. First of all, it's got to be better than, than the old version. Um, but also, is it something that I would want? You know, would I want to go to a dentist um, and be completely um, comfortable during the numbing process? Hell yes. Hell yes. No one likes pain. <laughs> um, and it's just such, and it's such a, like people have genuine, genuine phobia. Um, mm. And so, and I've seen it firsthand. So um, that was one of the technologies that for me was a no brainer to invest in. And, and we've got others, but you know, this, this one I think is really, um, really something that a lot of people appreciate. And even if someone has had injections in the past and aren't phased by it, um, you'll be able to notice a difference straight away because you'll be like, you'll be waiting for the injection you know, and then realize, oh, you've already had it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I want, you know, just that's that an reaction. Amazing like, feeling. Oh. Yeah. Like what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that with us. Let's, let's get into it a little bit now and talk about a bit of oral health. Cause we're all interested yeah, in our teeth it. and you know, how we can, what we can do at home to ensure that, you know, our oral health is the best it can be. So what good oral health is fundamental to overall health and well-being because there's a number of things linked to you know if your oral microbiota is not on point you know there's your gut microbiota is not on point if your skin microbe isn't on point there's so many health mm-hmm. issues that can occur so what is good oral health and what contributes to poor oral health i think oral health is just each to their own um i think it's really much a mindset um, I've actually never told any I've never told anyone to floss because most people won't do it. Um, 
That is so interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I use, so I really love little incidental brushes. And so they're like literally like mini brushes that you slide in and out of your teeth. Mm. And it does a far better job than flossing. But I, but it's, it's really like up to the person whether they want to commit to that. Um, I just think, you know, I've got a whole spiel on flossing, but I just think it's just, you know, unless you were, unless you were brought up doing it, um, it's a really hard habit to just suddenly do as an adult. Um, so I, I think for me, oral hygiene is just something that you feel comfortable doing on a regular basis. Of course, you know, brushing twice a day, everyone knows to do. Um, the only thing I would recommend is a good quality electric toothbrush. Um, and I'm, when I mean good quality, I mean not one from the supermarket um, because you want something that spins, not rotates. Sorry, rotates, um, not moves side to side. So something that's um, moving around and around. And the faster it rotates, the better it cleans. But the more expensive it is. And so that's why I say, you know, $25, $50 one from the supermarket won't cut it. You really need to spend a good $150 to get a good quality electric toothbrush. So that would so when be we manually, So when we manually brush our teeth and not using the electric thing, is there a huge difference? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm using a study, Cochrane Review, which is like the highest yeah. level of um, evidence in the medical world so it's a peer-reviewed study and it showed there was a massive difference between manual brushing and electric brushing um and just think about you know i suppose when you're sort of brushing even if you go as fast as you can there's no way that you're going to match the speed that an electric toothbrush does um and i'm not saying that just because you're using a manual toothbrush that you're doing a bad job um i just think if your technique is a little bit off you know, if you're missing certain areas, um, me telling you to, you know, rotate your wrist a bit more or to brush higher up on the gum, you might do that for one or two days after seeing me, but then you're still <laughs> going to revert back to your habit that you've been doing for the last 30 years. Yeah. So that's where the electric toothbrush comes in. You don't really need to worry about your technique. That's That for me, I suppose, is something that I do recommend pretty much to most people um, because I think it's something that can be easily done. You're not, mm. you're not, you're not needing to change your habit versus flossing. That's already like, that's really a big ask. It's a life changing because you've got to do it every yeah. single day, you know, and it's something yeah, every night. Yeah. 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 But so, that's, yeah, that's awesome. you know, if you wanted to, yeah, if someone was like motivated and like, look, I'm already using an electric toothbrush. What's the next step? Yeah. What's the next step? Then I would say using an incidental brush. That would be, you know, um, my one thing I'll say about mouthwash, um, you don't really need it. I suppose the most common mistake that I see people do is they brush their teeth and then they use mouthwash. That's actually not the right way to use mouthwash because you're actually diluting all the work you've just done by brushing. Um, What do I mean by that? The toothpaste has a certain level of fluoride and the mouthwash will usually have about uh, a lot less. So you're really just rinsing out all the work you've just done. If you wanted to use a mouthwash, the best timing is, for example, straight after you eat lunch. So you're um, you're still giving some sort of fluoride um, but you're not diluting it. So that would be my thing. And, and then, of course, if you, if you wanted to invest in mouthwash and use it after you eat lunch, just look for something with fluoride in it um, because anything else isn't necessarily the best for your teeth. It's, it's mainly to help with bad breath but not necessarily um, fortifying your teeth. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for sharing those little tricks with us. I absolutely love that. And people are going to go off and get electric toothbrushes. Off they go. <laughs> yeah, shave a shop or Costco. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. And they, you know, they go on sale as well. So Yeah, um, yeah. And, I mean, it's an investment that you have for a long time, isn't it? It's your teeth. Yeah, yeah. Be there. no brainer. Yeah, it's yeah. just 
yeah, it's just the thing that you do. It's kind of like, do I buy new clothes or a toothbrush? Toothbrush. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I love that. Both. <laughs> so um, what I wanted to also know, I know you gave us a little bit of a few um, few tips on what they can do. Is there any other mm-hmm. tips that you can, they can think of in regards to having yes. a beautiful smile or your oral health? Yes. Okay. With oral health, um, I know a lot of your listeners um, – might be on the path of having kids or pregnant or, you know, um, in that sort of life stage. I will say if you're pregnant, you'll need more frequent dental cleans um, because there is a link between healthy gums and a healthy baby. So um, that's one thing. Um, And the other thing is when you're pregnant, you're just hormones raging um, and that does affect your gum health so it's even more reason to instead of getting your teeth cleaned once during pregnancy you may need it twice or even three times just depending on how your body's reacting to the pregnancy hormones that's so interesting that's very interesting there you go and how about every other person how often should they get their teeth cleaned as a minimum I'd say three times a year. Um, I know most dentists will say twice a year, um, but that's usually based on the fact that health insurance only covers for a dental clean and checkup every six months. Um, it's a complete arbitrary number. It's not based on science. There you go. Um, and actually, if you do have private health insurance, you still are covered um, if you come every three or four months for your dental clean. I'm not saying, look, it is dependent, but um, I'm on the assumption that you're not flossing your teeth every night. So I think the twice a year thing is like if you're flossing every night, you know, and using an electric toothbrush, but if you're not flossing every night and using your electric toothbrush and you're eating um, relatively healthy in terms of, you know, not sort of snacking on sugary treats two or three times a day, then I would say every four months would be really ideal. Um, And I don't want to tippy-toe about that. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Um, It's your health and there's no, there's no way around it. Um, At least, you know, if you're coming to see me, it's enjoyable and it's fun. And exactly. um, (laughs) So definitely good people are going to come more often, definitely with that feel and that vibe. Yeah. And come and like, cause we've got the duo clean, which is, um, so it's, a, it's skin rejuvenation therapy combined with the essential dental clean. So you're literally getting your teeth cleaned and you're getting microdermabrasion on your skin and skin ceuticals, chemical peel, um, which is completely customizable. So, you know, you're not leaving the clinic with your skin shedding. That's not what a chemical peel does, but it just rejuvenates your skin. So if you can, I suppose, set aside an hour, three times a year to pamper yourself and get that done. Um, that would be my, my one take home advice to anyone listening is make dentistry a treat as if you're getting your skin treatment. And while you're getting your dentistry, you may as well get your skin treated. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. That makes me just want to go now, like right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so before we close off, I wanted to I ask all my guests, what is, um, what is a natural health hack or a health hack that you use every single day or most days that you think has changed your life dramatically? And it's a bit of a secret, but you're letting us now know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I meditate every morning. So I wake up half an hour earlier than what I will, you know, what I need to. And I just give myself the space to meditate for about 20 minutes. Um, I find that that has completely reinvigorated my um, sense of self-worth. And um, I think it's made me a better dentist, a better mum, better wife. Um, better better daughter I think just um, it definitely gives me a clear sense of what I need to do for the day so part of my meditation is thinking about what do I want to accomplish for that day and I imagine as if I've already accomplished it and 
how I feel. And I think that really helps me um, get a better perspective, you know, when, when things might not necessarily go as planned or as expected. Um, you know, I think a lot of us stress over little details that really just don't matter. Um, so I think, I think that's just really, really, really helped. So um, it's not a secret. It's, it's, <laughs> something, um, it's something I worked really hard to be able to meditate every morning. But um, it's not easy. It's fine it's to do it once easy. a week or when you're feeling stressed, you're like, I'll see it. And like, but having the routine and having the dedication and the commitment to do it most mornings, every morning is, is yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. But I mean, each to their own, you know, it's, um, it's just something personal. So yeah, um, and it works something for I you. chose. Yeah, yeah, it works for me. So, you know, I love it. So here we have, we've met a dentist that makes you feel comfortable when you come in, that takes you on a journey and meditates. There we go. I love that. (laughs) Absolutely love that. You have shared so much valuable information on today's podcast. It's just extraordinary, you know, understanding what a smile is, what a smile makeover is, oral health, veneers, skin health, how your face has everything to do with your smile and your smile with your health and confidence. You've said it all. I mean, we could talk here for hours, but we are going to wrap it up today. And I just wanted to say, where are where people able to find you if they want to go, wow, I want to come and see you. I want you to be my dentist. I want to spoil myself. Where do they find you? Um, so look, you can have a look at our website. It's dentalandskin.com.au or you can check out our Instagram. That's dentalandskin. Um, yeah, and you can just message me directly. Um, whatever makes you feel comfortable, you can call, you can message you know, I'm here. I'm here to help guide you. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health.